3: terribly nervous, Williamson,
0: through, Dowie, yes. it was all it needed, and it was this touch from Williamson that fed Dowie, and Shaw, sure, although he got a touch,
4: he didn't do anything about it, and Ian Dowie puts West Ham back into the lead. Well, our Ramble Meets guest this week has an engineering degree, worked for British Aerospace, was the Ying to Matt Letizier's Yang at Southampton, had two spells at West Ham, has managed extensively up and down the leagues, was once Northern Ireland's record goal scorer, and also coined the word bounce back ability. Ian Dowie, I hope you're well in these strange times.
3: I am very, very well, Mark, indeed, as best you can be.
4: Well, that's excellent. I'm as fascinated, in about the person behind the footballer, because in many ways, the footballer, the people know the stories about that. But what drives them? People don't know so much about that. And I look at you, I look at your CV, you've got an engineering degree from the University of Hertfordshire. So as a kid, I wonder, did you love Skeletrics? Did you love Meccano sets? Were you a builder? Did you like to put things together?
3: No, I don't know. Of course, uh, I think this, my brother's a lot better engineer than I am. He's got a degree. I mean, it, the only thing that worries my brother is I've got a master's. He's only got a normal one. So um, we, have a, we, have a bit, we have a bit of banter. But, but listen, my dad was a, an engineer all his life. So you know, came over to work at Hawker City years ago, um, Shorts in Northern Ireland at the time. Mum and dad came over, living in Hatfield, Finchley originally. Then, you know, would you believe his bike riding to Hawker City, which is 30 miles, long, long way away. And and then all of a sudden he got the job at British Airways Airways in the end. And so he was, his life was in engineering and on aircraft. So we go, he was the lead supervisor on Concorde at the time. So um, became that, although was fiercely, what was I say? A working man who never wanted to get into the management so got to the top he could as the head lead supervisor but didn't want to join the management always a, a union rep and where he was and that's, that is, that's 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 how he was and him and my mum were amazing people um and yeah so the engineering side of it came i think from my dad really i agree you know i, I went into to do my bsc in aeronautical nautical engineering at university of Hertfordshire got, a, got on with it well struggled through a few little bits of, of doing the, some uh, difficult CAD stuff on, on the internet where I'm not very good at and all that sort of thing. So end ended up going with doing a master's degree in mechanical engineering at the same time as being contacted, because I was looking for jobs, being contacted by British Aerospace to say they'd sponsor me to do that. So I, that's why I went to the university of Hertfordshire, to be sponsored. I was sponsored by British Aerospace, which was an amazing thing to do. And, then I, and they carried on doing that through my degree. And then I went in to be what was at the time an environmental engineer, which... Um, I remember my wife my mum my, my and my dad my mum more than my dad were a bit puritanical certainly not they were good fun not really churchgoers but a little bit of church in their background and I remember I scored a winner against Coventry um, for Luton my first club and the headline in the Daily Star was Dowie whips out his missile to pop in last gas winner which didn't go very down down very well with my mother at all so um, yeah that's, that's where the engineering came from I, my brother's now Still selling aircraft engines for GE and American companies, and he's doing a great job. Well, vast job across Europe and Africa and, and 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 England. So yeah, so it's in our blood. We love. I love. I love all things engineering. I'm certainly not as good a my hands and my brother is or my dad. Um, but I get on and, yeah, I'm okay with a little bit of DIY, but not too bad.
4: So we're roughly the same age. You're a couple of years older than me. And when I was growing up, Concorde was a massive thing. My dad went to the States a couple of times a year on work. He didn't fly Concorde, but he would say, you know, there's a plane that goes to America in about three to four hours. So for you, with your dad working on it, would he come home and talk about this plane which flew so quickly?
3: Very much so. And, you know, that was probably the first fly-by-wire Sort of aircraft ever to the beat. And though that, that gave them more problems than anything, which we believe engineering wise, sorting that fly by wire you know, quite often wasn't as good as it can. But the engines were magnificent, the Rolls Royce engines at the time. Um, the design was incredible. Very, shouldn't be, un, well, shouldn't have been uncomfortable, it should have been more luxury. But it actually was actually quite uncomfortable. And I was fortunate enough to, threw my dad and my wife, uh, and me and my wife, flew twice on it. So I left Britain, London at 10.30 in the morning. London Heathrow, and I was in uh, Times Square at 1025. Uh, by the way, an incredible, uh, unusual because of the speed, but the height for that 60,000 feet, 65,000 feet, you can see the curvature of the earth, like no other, like nothing else we'd ever seen before. It was brilliant, and bless him, when my dad retired, we went, you know, to, to uh, and unfortunately he was dead, 10 months, 11 months later, but um, he retired, not for ill health, just retired, and um, they nodded uh, the Snoop, uh, Concorde Snoop, So that was part of his ceremony. Uh, the whole hang was full of full of lads. The dad had been a long while, and they, uh, one of the pilots, was up there. And he got the, they nodded the Snoop, and it was, it was very, he was very emotional. The world is about to become a smaller place. Soon you'll be able to travel a mile every three seconds. Well over twenty miles. ...in just one minute. The Phenomenal Concorde from British Airways.
4: So that's amazing! they nodded the nose of Concord in honour of your dad on his retirement. That really, That's an amazing thing, isn't it? But I'm also guessing as a dad, he said to you, play your football at Chesant or St Albans or Hendon or whatever, but make sure you have a proper job as well. And engineering, is that what he said? That really is a proper job.
3: What, what was great about him, listen, I think my brother would say the same. My mum and dad were both magnificent people. My dad would have given me anything just to get a pair of I think it was kangaroo skin, Patrick Boots at the time. That's what he was trying to do. But the dad played professionally at Bangor in Northern Ireland as a little bit, so he he loved his football. But he just believed in education, absolutely, incredibly strict, never never laid a hand on me, never laid a hand on me in my whole life. Um, But, you know, you just had that respect for him and my mum. And, you know, the tragedy was that, you know, he never really got to see my kids so much because, you know, I, I think it was four and one when he when he passed away so um you know been great to to spend time with him now to sit and, and learn from him because he was a he was a font of all knowledge you know a grammar school graduate from if you like from 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 belfast very very well read man um and you know a source of knowledge all my life as with my mum but um you know it's it, it, it it's just a, such a strange thing i i, I love the i love the, i think i always love the fact that he was in Aircraft, I loved aircraft, you know, I think we, you know, I remember we, you know, we flew some, to some nice places, not, not without any money really, but, you know, you got deals on the fl- flights for 10% or something, and the hotels were discounted, so you, you took advantage of it, it was amazing, it was amazing stuff, we, you know, we used to, every summer we went to Ventura Beach in California, it sounds so glamorous now, we stayed in the Motel 6, $19.95 for four of us in the one room. Me, and my brother, and my mum and dad, and do you know what the best thing about it is? You're 25 cents. You put it in the, the 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 beds, vibrated at night. We thought that was fantastic. Me and my brother shared shared two double beds, but mum and dad were in one. Me and me and my brother in the other. Put 25 cents in, the, and our bed was vibrating. We thought it was an amazing
4: thing. Oh, that's great. That is, and and coming from Belfast, I'm guessing your dad loved George Best. I mean, we're right in the George Best heyday, the George Best era, aren't we?
3: We are, yeah, yeah, very much so, yeah. Um, I mean, my mum's house is was just over Tate's uh, Tate Avenue Bridge, and so you go as you, as I drove into um, Windsor Park when I was playing, I drove past my my grandmother, my mum's mum and dad's house, all the right past that. So, first well, sixty meters, you, you hit the fence of Windsor Park. So my they lived on that Ebor Street. So that's the name of the street. So, yeah, and with a fish and chip shot on the corner. So I used to drive past where my mum and dad used to to live.
1: Look at the cheek of Best, inviting Story to come and get it. More,
4: what can one say about George Best? So you, you were, as I said, you scored 12 goals for Northern Ireland. You were once their record goal scorer. Uh, did, did, it's, it's a, you play for Northern Ireland. You've, just, you've described very eloquently your, your parents upbringing in Northern Ireland. So you're completely legitimate to play for them. Did you feel Northern Irish? Did it feel, you know, because yeah. you sounded different to quite a lot of the rest of them in the dressing room?
3: No, I did. And, and you know, at, at the time, they were, I've got to say all them people were brilliant with me. Alan McDonald, God bless him now. He's passed away terribly. Um, but, you know some fantastic lads in the team, Mal Donachy, Danny Wilson, who had the similar accent to me, but a different, different twang to it. But, you know, I used to, our summer holidays were in Moneymore on my, on my uncle's farm, my dad's uncle's farm, or my uncle's farm, but my dad's brother's farm. So, um, it was a, I, I was so used to it, it was an amazing place. Yeah, we loved to, you know, steak sausages and pasty suppers and all them things i just used to it. every summer i used to spend a lot of time there so you know northern irish people could tell what they like you know i i'm still go back four or five times a year me and my brother go with some friends of ours go back every year outside this year because of them but yes very much i felt very northern irish and they i think most of them knew i was and, and, and although i talked in a different manner um it was a fantastic spirit and camaraderie in them early days, Billy being with my first cap and then eventually to become captain of it uh, against Colombia, which um, was incredible. Um, so, um, sorry, Uruguay, not Colombia. Uruguay, it was Uruguay. Yeah. must have
4: been amazing for your dad, captain Northern Ireland, and score all those goals. Well, I've never seen I've never seen cry. He was, he was in floods of oh. tears.
3: In the, well, I've never not seen, Of course, I have seen him cry. I've seen him cry lots of t- times in, in the personal. Outside, I've never seen him cry. He was, he was blubbering. I could see him in the same. It was making me go as well, to be fair. Um, and we beat Uruguay, which I believe was staggering um, at the time. Um, so, yeah, it was very, you know, I'm, you know, I was I was fortunate enough to catch him, I think, 12 times. And, you know, nothing, nothing would be, give me a prouder moment than that. You know, I played at uh, Lansdowne Road for Nor- Northern Ireland. We played the Republic and I scored Gillespie magnificent ball and I ended up just tapping it in, really. It was a great ball from Keith, Nothing to do with me. But, um it was very, you know, there was no, there was no, it was only a handful of, if you like, Northern Irish fans there, and Mum and Dad were one of them, so it was a, it was a special moment uh, to do that, and you know, I, I, I just, have, I just think there's something special about Northern Irish people. I think there's a, there's a, there's a kindness about them, and I think Celtic, Celtic people have that in them. McGrath looks for Bab, Gillespie picks it up, Keith Gillespie chance to get forward. There's only Diary up there. Support arriving now be done well. Oh, it's 1-8. It's in
4: Dowie. So there we are. 28th minute of the second half, it's 1-1. Northern Ireland's first goal in Dublin. And the first goal the Republic have conceded in these championships. What a lift for Northern Ireland. Good ball and a tremendous finish. Did you? I mean, as I say, because you're three years older than me, so I I know that. And always being interested in news, I got a politics degree for what it's worth. But I watched the news as a young man all the time, and my dad and read newspapers. And Northern the problems in Northern Ireland in my childhood and your childhood were very relevant. And you know, bombs in London. I remember the Harrods bomb very clearly. A mum saying, "Please don't go to London to go shopping." I mean, with your with your parents' background. Was this something you talked about quite a lot because it was on the news a lot, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, listen,
4: we, uh, my my nan and, and granddad lived in
3: in, in Dunmurry at the time. Um, we used to they used to live in, in, in right in the centre of town on, on the down of Donegal Pass and, and that way, so right in the centre of Belfast. But even even at Dunmurray there, that was there was a couple of people were shot at the end of our road, um, you know. Uh, it was a, it was it was a scary place to be at the time, and yet yet sort of everything went on as normal. You know what I mean? Like I mean, there was areas you couldn't go and perceive that a certain because you were a certain religion went there. I mean, listen, I, I've got to say, religion wasn't a massive part of our upbringing, although we went to Sunday school and all that. But mum and dad weren't, you know. Although they that was part of the thing to do. religious has become less and less a part of my life, and you know, I think you know. If I'm honest, I think it causes more problems than anything. So for me, for me, I've never understood religion and in, in, or believed in it. So I'm I'm not an atheist. Well, I probably am an atheist if I'm honest. So that 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 that, that part of it, as I grew older, my, even I think my mum and dad were like that. I mean, his best, you know, he went. His best friends were Catholics at the time, living in the areas. So, so it wasn't. In, in in certain areas it wasn't like that they lived they lived very close but you know in other areas it became a bit more of a divide but you know tragically that it was now how much better it isn't you know now which is you know eventually we've got all oh, this madness of it you, that you, the, the what religion are you, you? It makes a
4: difference, you know. It's staggering. So when uh, we'll talk about some football, shall we? When you were yeah. when you were doing all this at British Aerospace and uh, and all that, and you were playing non-league football. So this is a sort of mid to late eighties. Actually, Stuart Pearce, the first one in our series here, was the same at Wealdstone Did you ever play yeah. against him at Wheelston? No, I don't think
3: I did. No, no, no. you just I missed mean, him. Not, so you I were.
4: Yeah, you would have remembered.
3: No, no, listen yeah. I'm up, I'm, we, yeah. we, we, we had a couple of clashes in on on in oh. professional terms. So, yeah, yeah. Um,
4: well, how think, would you characterize um, well, non-league football then? So you were you were you were Cheshunt St Albans Hendon and then from Hendon you went into the league with Luton. Yeah, what was it forget, like then? Don't forget Mark.
3: I was I was I was a I was a 16 year old. So yes, um, yes. you know, and they they released me, um Bob Higgins actually, mm. but you know, for being too small. And that's true. Yeah, so six, yeah. seven, by the way, I'm not that's not I'm not criticizing anyone for releasing me, because yeah. I was quite small at the time, five foot five, five foot six or something at the time. Um at 16, you know, I had that growth spurt, but and you know, we I used to travel into Montem in Slough to go to the training, Ruben Agbula, some of the Wallace brothers, you know, all that area. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in the end, it, they released me, and it, I remember my dad saying, Oh, you know, don't worry about it, we'll play at Wembley. And I played at Wembley for in the in the in the semi final four Southampton later yeah. in my career, which which is which is amazing. And you know, still, my memory of that game is, is is a is just the. The, the atmosphere and response, and you know, uh, the, the, we well, got beaten in the end, which is, which is a terrible thing. But the, the, to experience it was full of full of Southampton fans was was quite amazing.
4: Yeah, but but what what was non-league football like? I mean, did yeah. it did it build you up mentally and physically for what was to come in the league?
3: Well, yeah. I, I, listen, I, I came to Chess at a time where my, I played there. and uh I did quite well there on a lad called John Drabble. My brother was playing there at the time who was a fearsome and Centre half. And I suppose it that that, that sort of way And then we then I went to St. after that. Again, my brother was there. And then I went to end up moving on to Hendon um where on my own right. And my actually funny, my brother came after to join me. But um you know, Rob was a formidable player and, and would have gone on to do great things, having broke his ankle twice. But um, you know, it, it it absolutely shaped me as a person because it was phys- I mean, I played in a game with seven cent off and a bad game abandoned. Um, really? Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. We played, yeah, we played Wembley. It was, it was a full-blown on, full-blown riot. So, um, uh, um, but, and, and it's not, there's no pr- pride in it, but, listen, you were expected to stand your ground and fight your corner. That was, <laughs> that's what you had to do. So, you know, it was, you know, it was physically very demanding in the centre-halves, many of them tried to kick and punch you and whatever out the way. And listen, it was a different game there, Mark. It was a physically... So, you know, you talk about George Best with the physical treatment he got. You see Maradona back in the day when he's being booted to chunks out of him. Special, you know, it's just why it's so sad to see him pass away. You know, special, special talents that, you know, take so much abuse, yet they still have that creativity. Now, bless me I was never had that creativity but (laughs) I could cope with the physicality of it all and listen I played against many many tough centre-halves and after the game you'd have a point with them it wouldn't matter and listen it could even be physical blows but I don't see that I think that that wouldn't could happen now it couldn't happen you couldn't have a punch-up on the pitch and then have a drink in the bar that would just that animosity would carry on I think so you know I'm not not, not saying it is the bygone era because the game's much more beautiful now and it's great the technical advances we've made and I love that, you know, when I was in coach, you know, working with technical, technically with players and developing them um, is, was a key part of anyone. Um, but it was brutal. You know, I, I played in the Hendon team. I've got to say, Roger Wade, Gibbo, Colin Tate, um, Phil Gridlett, uh, my brother, uh, Gary Keane, good players, but I tell you what, Alan Campbell, Davey Root, Erskine Smart, you know, I can... Yeah, um, you remember all, all their them, names still. All yeah, of them yeah. you wouldn't, listen, all of them are yeah. good players and all of them you wouldn't, you know, wouldn't, you take, wouldn't a take a with. liberty with. You know, no. they'd be different one, different styles, because they were. No. that's what they were. Dermot Drummy, bless him. He played. God bless him, he's passed away now, you know, terrible. Yeah. But Dermot was an outstanding player from, and got me playing pro football because he. I, I think I'd scored 32 goals at Christmas when I when eventually signed. Twenty of them, twenty-two of them from Dermot's crosses, yeah. I suspect. So um, I've got ten in the FA Cup that year.
4: Did you find when you when you went to Luton, you were actually go? I know they're in the, the old First Division, weren't they? But it was a similar. It was, I, I, what am I trying to say? I've been to Luton a few times. Kenilworth Road is the yeah, same yeah. today as when I went in 1985. Yeah. I saw Paul Mariner play centre-half for Arsenal on the plastic pitch. I mean, it's that long ago. And I went back to Kenilworth three, four years ago for a cup tour. I thought, this place hasn't changed a bit. So it's quite earthy. So, you know, to be, let's be honest, you've been to, used to earthy football in yeah, the, in, the, in non-league. So actually, it wasn't that different in the first division.
3: No, but you can imagine. So I, I sign, I mean, there's a few clubs that I have opportunities to sign for and Trust me, uh, the chairman at uh, at, um, Hendon wanted me to move to, I think it was Doncaster because they were offering double the money of the Premier League or the top flight clubs. Anyway, I went to Luton and, you know, walking, you know, you're right, the ground was less and still is less than palatable, really, given the size of the club. But you walk in the dressing room, wow. I mean, my first day was a bit difficult. Ashley Grimes, Mick Harford, Steve Foster, Danny Wilson, Ricky Hill, um, Kingsley Black. You've know, you got, you
4: got steel and silk
3: in that oh, dressing Yeah, one, yeah lost you? it. Well, yeah, well, listen, Ricky yeah. Hill was incredible talent. Um, yeah. Um, Mal Donnerky, uh Les, Les Seeley, God bless him. So, you know, there's, but, but, you know, at the heart of that, you did say the the leader, Steve Foster, stand, stood out, you know, and he was – Mick Harford was magnificent with me. Um, he caught me training one afternoon. So, because the plastic pitch, you could go back and do on the afternoons, and that was great for me because I had some catching up to do. And he said um, – and he used to come out and he caught me on the outside and he said this and this is just he said keep doing this every afternoon he said you'll get there it will come quick he said the lads the lads like you and um, he said but you know you've got to get used to this it's not an easy he said it's not easy place to come. it's not like playing grass it's, it's it's so different your technique has to be better and it, it helped me in lots of ways um, my, first, my first game actual full game when I played I played Palace would you believe away in the Simod Cup I scored a one. The goal beat two people. Scored a one. The goal we got beat four-one, and Fozzie said to me um, after the game, as I put my boots in my bag, he said, keep them boots in there. You'd be going straight back to non-league." Anyway, I'm thinking. So I got, <laughs> my dad came to the game. So I I, I got drove home with my dad at the time. And I'm chatting, and he says, "What's what's what's what's, what's the matter?" He said, "You're quite. You're normally not this. Quite. you will be moaning about this or that. What what is it?" I said, "Just you know." So I told him what he said. And, I said I've got something in my mind. He said, Well, what do you mean? He said, he said I said, he said, I've got to I've got to get into him. He said, What do you mean? I said, Well, tr- next time we play against someone, I want to, you know, leave a bit on him. He said, where well, you go, do what you got to do. He said, But you know, you've got to also be careful if you lay something on him and he's you've got you know where you are. And he said, I know that won't be a problem for you, but still, just be aware. Anyway, sure enough, on the Thursday, we get up, play on the Tuesday, Wednesday, ball goes out, Fuzzy's. Goes to black. I let, I leave a bit on him. Bang! It don't. But, but I put an elbow in his chest. And he falls to the front of plastic. You know, a few grazes, and, and he gets up and he said, "You might have a chance." You know, it it, it was part of he that. He was trying you out, he testing was trying you me, out. trying me out. And listen, he was from that moment he was very supportive of me, looked after me um, from many a many an incident, um, and and really, really, you know, he, he he was the glue that got that club, put that club together and the team together, really. Was amazing. So a lot of good players, Tim Breaker as well, you know, a uh, lot of good players in the team, but Fozzie sort of adjusted everyone to suit because he could fact um, at the time, wasn't quick, great in the air, good on the ball, but didn't want to run because he couldn't, that wasn't his strength. So he, he organised the team around him and you know, Mick Arford was a just such a good example for me. Brilliant feat! Did, I'm just, I'm, I'm
4: at, I, I'm closing my eyes in and thinking of you and Mick Harford playing together in the same team. That, that's yeah. like watching. That's, that's. It's like watching the berserkers coming over the hill, isn't it, for centre halves? Uh, I've got, say, I know what you mean. I, I, listen, I've got to say, you know, this
3: you think about the, the Martin Keones and the, yeah. you know the Stevie Bruce's and, and the, 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 let's let's go at your club. Yeah. You know, talking about Linigan and Adams yeah, yeah. and
4: they look after themselves. The you know, like,
3: so I mean, listen, listen. Uh, you know, I went to I think I think it was at Southampton when I went to uh, Highbury, and I, I caught Tony from the kickoff and cut his ear across his ear with five stitches. So I left the I left the game with seven stitches to, from two cuts. I think you know so you know yeah. it's what it was. And by the way, a few beers after the game, no difference. And, and yeah. none of it. You know, the first tackle always at Highbury was straight through the back ear. You know, and you had to know that was coming. But other than that, it was a, it was fiercely competitive. Was it a brutal game? A little bit more brutal. Than it is now, well, much more brutal because of the cameras. But um, you know, I think it's it was such a good testing ground for me. I went to I went out on loan to Fulham, which really helped me with a, a, a lot lot of a lot of good lads in the team. You know, with Ray Lewington's coach helped me. We had a really good run. I got a few goals. Got sent off away at Chester. We um, were catching a keeper, which when he opened, when he did that with his caught in the. I was running through, flicked over his head, it went past the post, and I caught him with studs. Anyway, it went like that. His face was, anyway, it looked worse because of all the blood. Anyway, straight red card. As I walked off, someone in Chester threw a coin and it hit me straight on the 50p, hit me straight on the temple. I didn't pick it up, but it hit me. Anyway, I had to try and get into the tunnel before I grimaced. It was so sore, but I I, I tried to walk and pretend it was fine, it was killing me. I got in, I was in agony, but, um, you know, it was really good. And I came back, got straight in the team after that. And then, you know, Jimmy Ryan, was there after after Ray had, had, had moved on um Ray was Ray Hartford, god bless him was fantastic with me he had a good team and then um, Jim Ryan helped me along the way and yeah it was so i, I got I got in the team and maybe i think when i second i think the league debut was against derby I scored, I scored against peter Shorten, i believe so it was a nice a nice introduction so um I enjoyed it there. Really good family club run. But I think at the time Danny Wilson was captain, really had a good, because Fozzie had moved on, really good camaraderie, all the lad, Darren McDonald. all that by that time, a younger type of team, you know, um, and he used to get a lot of groups, groups together with families. So he did it really well, Danny. Excellent, fantastic captain like Fozzie.
4: Was Southampton a family club as well in the same sort of way? Yeah, yeah,
3: very much. I mean, you know, yeah. Real surprise, really, because obviously I go to West Ham and do OK. We get promoted. Um, I go on a pre got I think, what, five goals in 10 games or something um, and, and, and help score, well, do score the goal that gets us up out of division. Um, and then I, I, we're, we're at South End, I think, pre-season. He pulls me Billy Bonds and says, I'm a West Ham fan, but life, you know... <sighs> Lived, died in the old West Ham fans. Dad used to take me, and he says, "I've oh, oh, we've sold you to Southampton." So "What do you mean? I've got? I, I don't want to go." And, and you know, like, he just had, "So well, you've got to go." I mean, as you, as you did then, and you know, we, we funny enough, Later that year, I played for Southampton. I scored the goal at at the Dell that put West Ham down, and the first person to congratulate me was Billy Bonds. To be fair. You know, I understood. Now I look back as a manager. I've been a manager. I knew that Billy had no money. He had to get money. He got money, and he got money where he could. So, but he was very polite to say afterwards. You know, we had money issues. Well done. You were fantastic.
4: Finale finding Shearer. That was a beautiful turn by Shearer, and he finds Dowie on the far post. That's an excellent goal. Ian Dowie gives Southampton the lead ten minutes before half time, and that's a sweet moment for Ian Bramford and his team a goal made by the superb skill of Alan Shearer and finished off with that fine header
3: It was a lovely score by Shearer he's been out of the game for the last uh, 15 minutes but it's a lovely long ball Beastly the City defence a looping header by Dowie giving Corton no chance whatsoever but let's say first time he's really coming into the game isn't it Shearer uh, saw Dowie way at the far post City defence all the six and sevens a long header as well wasn't it
4: I mean that shows it all now, doesn't it? When people watch today's world, when the players have all the power. Let's be honest, they yeah. do. That in that day, does, you yeah. were you were you were an asset, you were a chattel. Sorry, you're off.
3: Yeah, great And listen, it, and I was a disposable asset because he thought maybe right, I've got other ones better than him, which is absolutely yeah. manager's prerogative. And I went away to Southampton, which was you know again a lot of good players in there. You know, you, you think about it, players. Are, you know, I mean, in lots of ways, we used to have a we used to have a. Father side in a a gym. It's almost like a school gym inside the Dell, but it had no it had normal brick walls, nothing smooth and everything. And and, and all you had was two wooden benches in a normal school gym. So wooden floor, two benches at the end, and and exposed brick walls. So you can imagine what was going on. It was brutal. It was like it was like it was like terrible on a on a Friday, but actually it was part of the camaraderie and you know, we had Terry Herlock, Neil Ruddock, you know, Mickey Adams, Glenn Cockrell, you know, Letiz, who light it up. Alan Shearer in his early days, you know, um, Neil Madison, Tommy Woodington, Jason Dodd, Franny Benali, who wasn't shy of a tackle or two. Kevin Moore, God bless him, passed away with, tragically with, um, you know, heading uh, the ball too often. Um, very, very sad. But it was brutally, it was the same, same physicality, but we had really good, really good camaraderie there. Good, 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 good bunch of lads, you know, all different mansy and Bramford at the time moved on to Alan Ball and bits David Merrington for a period but yeah, any time you're playing football alongside Alan Shearer as a youngster or Matt Letizia it, it takes you know it takes a bit of beating and you know Matt technically is something you know is is a one in once in a lifetime generation in terms of technical ability no doubt you see him at golf now he's still brilliant at golf he's just got he's he had something different
4: Mark well, I mean he almost went to Tottenham, didn't he? He almost went to Tottenham at one stage. When you look back on it, it's very easy for me to sit here and go, Letizio's brilliant. He should have gone to Man U or Liverpool or whatever, whatever. And he didn't want to. Simple as that. What what do you think when you look back at his career, having played alongside him, having been on the pitch when he scored some of those ridiculously brilliant goals?
3: I mean, listen, I'm I'm at the heart of one of them most ridiculous goals when I I hit a really, when I head a ball inside, particularly badly. He back flicks it over his head. So it's not a good header, it's a terrible header for me. He backflips over the head, side foot just scoops it past and then passes it. In, a, in a, you know what this is unique? I think Matthew, Matthew Tizier, is what, I've got to say, I've never seen anyone strike a ball like him at the time. I've never seen anyone strike the ball as well as him. You know, that's, that's just naturally. You know, he had that, if you, if you like, a, a Tiger Woods draw off the tee, a low two iron, he had that and could shape it around a goalkeeper. Eight times out of ten, it would go right in the top corner. You couldn't. It's not savable. And like wherever else, Tim Flowers was in his powers. He'd save it. You couldn't. He couldn't save his. And and also, Matt had that ability. When he went through on goal, he didn't. He didn't care if he missed. He knew. He, he knew he wasn't going to miss. And he also wanted to put the ball right in the top corner, or right inside the post. He had that supreme confidence, which certainly I never had. Um, but I think people do him the service because he was fitter. He, was, he trained well. He's a good trainer. People say he used to like this and like that and like the other. But he listen. He trained well and he was out. Listen, he was outstanding. So when you look back, would he want to change it? I don't think he would now. Would Would we all want him to have gone out to a better level or played it? In of course, we would. But I mean, you know, he he played all his career at the top flight. You know, and I don't think there's too much he should regret really. Other than that, maybe. He hasn't won some things. I think. Well, he He couldn't play anywhere. I mean, I think Matthew could have gone to Barcelona and played in their team. You know, uh, you know. He,
4: Do you think he was that? He was that good, was he? I
3: think yeah. that, of course. He, I mean, listen. You couldn't embarrass him with the ball. We we had this thing. It's an interesting thing when we had this little drill in. The, on a, sometimes we had the forwards injury. You hit the ball. The wall in the gym had a little edge on it, so you ping the ball against. The ball, come back straight. to you, something. Something they hit the wall. Come back at different heights. He'd control balls like in. We'd get the chest in there, he put his foot up and kill it and volley in the top corner. Just a, just a, do you know, like a silky, unhurried, he, he never rushed. You couldn't rush him. You know, when I was, you know, I want to get out of the ball, get it controlled and get it gone. <laughs> yeah. he, didn't, he didn't want that. He wanted, to, he wanted to keep it. He loved the football, you know, he just wanted to manipulate it. So, staggeringly good footballer. Um, I, listen, I got on fantastic with him. Um. He was very, very, you know, if you ever, you know, and I did a few of them when I set him up a few times, he was always very complimentary about the other bits you brought to the game, but he was a special talent, no doubt. And, you know, the bits I've seen of Shearer at the time also led me to become, and look what, look what the both of them have done. And they're different in many ways, um, but just just as brilliant both. I mean, Alan's Allen's record is just beyond compare, quite incredible. All right, he's won the Premier League title, of course, but he hasn't played a, a top side for... All them years, you know, and then, and I, I, I like him think Newcastle should be a top side. But, you know, to score the amount of goals he did there outside that period with Kevin Keegan was there, they weren't really in the shake-up. So, you know, the, the amount of goals he scored is, is quite phenomenal. And, and, and that's just sheer personal desire.
4: But also the personal desire to leave home and go to the other end of the country yeah. as a teenager, to go cool. from Newcastle to Southampton, the other end of the country is—I don't know what he was—14, 15. Well, that takes a lot of. It I don't care who you are. That takes a lot of guts and a lot of self-belief, doesn't I it? I agree.
3: Yeah. Oh, well, I think I think the self-belief—belief whether it was there or not. I mean, listen, he's, he had huge self-belief as a player, but I think that grew. I see, I see a younger player at Southampton growing to become a, a formidable beast. Listen, Tizzy's ability and what he could do with the football was incredible. You, you couldn't out-battle Alan. You couldn't outrun him. You couldn't out-fight him. You couldn't beat him in the air. If he wanted to get there, he's going to get there. He's going to find a way to get the job done. So, um, again, two people. unfortunate fortunate enough to play with just staggering talent and in different ways. Don't get me wrong, Alan's touch was very, so, you know, you could ping it anywhere. He'd kill it dead, but just a deadly finisher. Deadly, absolutely deadly.
4: Tim players with his uh, first touch here at Loftus Road, the home of uh, Queen's Park Rangers, he puts uh, a big clearance in, Dowie, here's Shearer, oh what a start for Southampton in the
1: first minute, and Alan Shearer gets his fourth of the season, and that
4: was a beauty, the dream start, Dowie's header on, and that's a great finish.
2: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This week at
1: Sukarnov. On the Luke and Pete show, Luke introduced me to some bizarre animal warfare.
4: In the 70s... There was a.
3: (laughs) I can't remember going to say this, but I promise you it's true. There was a war, an actual war, between rival chimpanzee clans that went on for over four
4: years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, on abroad in Japan, Chris is facing off against a natural disaster.
4: So, the same day that I'd run out of fuel, right, I was like, well, I made it in one piece. Thank you, God. (laughs) And then like five hours later, the worst earthquake I've ever experienced. It was a 15-storey building shaking from side to side. It went on so long, I was like, this hotel's coming down. And I don't want to be in it when it does.
1: Listen to Abroad in Japan and The Luke and Pete Show
4: available on your favourite podcast player. All that and a whole lot more. At At Stokarnow. You, uh, we're not necessarily going to go chronologically, but you had a couple of spells at Crystal Palace as a player and a manager. Really? Later, I looked up your goal in the Cup semi-final about an hour yeah. ago. What a goal! Yeah. <laughs> Deadly rage. You had to be there. What <laughs> losing in the semi-final? You know, yeah. I sit there in the studio. And I go, "This is the worst time to lose. This is the worst place to lose." I guess it probably yeah. is, isn't it? You're so close to the final.
3: Well, do you know? Do you know that that was a year that? Ron Node stopped the fans going because the fan was killed, I believe. Yes, so was he was no killed the first game, wasn't he? Anyway, yes, but yeah. Tell you more, Ray Houghton, and the, the good lad, me and Ray got on great, but he never lets me forget that I missed a chance in the 90, 91st minute. And it is a it is a brilliant chance. He puts a great ball in. I get up above the defender, head it, head it head it, head it this side, rather than if I go across the guard score, head it down, it goes past the post. And we were there because it was a replay. We, we stayed in the hotel anyway. He never let me forget it. But he's right not to. I, I scored in there, and I think so did. Um, it was, I think I think Scullsy scored in, in 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 that game as well. Yeah, you
4: were twi- you were twice ahead. I think weren't you in the first well, game? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was so two Chris two. Armstrong, it finished the first game.
3: Chris Armstrong. Anyway, yes, yeah, we we stayed though and I, he just vilified me all night. And Listen, I've got so when I when I look at the chance backwards, he's he's absolutely right. But that that was the nature of the dressing room at the time. So. Um, good good fun and a great player that Ray was so yeah we were you know, given the team we had at the time we should never have gone down that year um, you know, but I, I, didn't, I didn't come till very late I've got to say that I didn't come till quite late in the, I think I went fe- late February or early because yeah, you,
4: you were cup tied they reached the semi-finals the league cup as well and you were yeah. cup tied for that yeah, so you, yeah, 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 that's how late in the season you came mm-hmm. yeah um, and then back to West Ham so being a West Ham fan was that a yeah. bit like I can't believe I've got another chance to play for my boyhood club and this time I'm going to make it count
3: I think that's exactly what, listen, I, I, I always, West Ham was my team and it always is, the first result I look for and I'm delighted that, that you know, uh, David's gone back and done what he's done now and uh, in my dealings with David, person who always gets the most maximum out of his players and I don't think there's too much you can ask for that, he's now in a situation where he's doing what he did brilliantly at, at Everton, if you like, and, but he's also could do quality. You shouldn't forget that he got he went and got Boeing. It's been an outstanding mm-hmm. signing. Suchek incredible signing. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Buffao, incredible. Buffao, rather incredible. Um, and he and he's finding a way. And you know, I, I just think he's got some some talent there. in, in, in players players that are, I think a lot of clubs will be after if we can keep hold of them. Um, and there's a few of them. And the full that I think the fullback will become one of them. I like him too. Um, so. I think, I think it's it was an amazing opportunity to go back, and you know Harry's a great fella to play for um, in a really fiery, feisty dressing room. You know what I mean? You know, I mean it's, it was a lively place to be. You know, we, anyway, we, with John Moncur and Ian Bishop and Dixie and the likes of that, and you know, you add to that Paul Kitts and John Arts and, uh you know, Michael Hughes. You, you you got you got a lot of players, and then some, and then some. Hugo Porferio
4: or... or well, I wrote, I, Ian, I wrote down here, you had Marco Boogers, who sort of disappeared off to a caravan. Yeah, well, you had no Florian Redichogu, who who went shopping in Harvey Nicks instead of playing at Stockport. Okay, Don't worry, clearly, we'll get to Stockport. You've, you've been to Harvey Nicks
3: this morning to get that little, <laughs> work, that little purple
4: <laughs> you, roll Nick. I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you also had, and I think I saw this game, Paolo Futre came, demanded the yes. number 10 shirt, had yeah. no need. At Arsenal. At Arsenal, And also he had no knee. Did he left? But was brilliant for about two weeks, and then he couldn't play again because his knee well,
3: impacted. He into, he, so he walked into the dressing room at Arsenal. He looks at his shirt number. wants number fourteen, he's not number fourteen. He's got ten or something. He says, "No, no, no, I'm number 14. And so it's John Moncur's. It's John Moncur's number anyway. But you know, I don't. It's incredible. I can see Harry. He, but he's not going to play. Trust me, he's not playing. And then he doesn't play. In the end, John Moncur gets three weeks on his Villa, I think, because when he changed, his, <laughs> his, his, his thing. but I've got to say, some of his technical ability still future. He had that little flick, flick turn. You know, it, it was amazing. He he brought it in one way with the inside and flick with the outside. Staggering ability. Um, just didn't really get going, but you know. I mean, I, I played with Danny, who, who Harry brought a little bit. So, you know what I mean? It, there, there was some good, good talent Harry brought, um, but he also had a good basis of, of, of people he knew, you know, Marco Reaper and the like. Uh, Mark Reaper and the last. Good players. Good, player good proper
4: defenders, yeah.
3: Yeah, good players.
4: What was the best thing about being a manager?
3: Oh, listen, I love managing more than playing, by some degree. Oh, did you?
4: Yeah, very oh, much so. part, you don't often hear that. You hear that no, managing no, is great, that, but, but it's second I, I, best.
3: I loved it. Listen, I went... I got a real taste of it with briefly Mick Harford there, uh, and then with um, uh, with Jerry Francis, who was great with me, but and and taught me all sorts of different ways about it. Then I was for, I got the and you know he, he really helped me and put me as a reserve team coach, allowed me to play and manage, which helped also. So I played centre back, and it, it you know it got you
4: And QPR, yeah, yeah, yeah. that helped you see
3: yeah. what you wanted to do, and I was very. You know, or, or, you know, you write your sessions down, and be organised, get in early, set it up, always had that. And then I got the opportunity to go to Oldham, bizarrely, as a number two, um, um, with Mick Wadsworth. It was a stranger. I didn't know Mick from Adam, but we thought we'd done OK in the first year, didn't manage to crack it. And then I had the opportunity to go with Harry to Pompey um, as an assistant. And then the chairman didn't want me to do that. Chairman was a, a um, difficult character. I found out in the end. But anyway, um, didn't get a chance to do that. He wanted me to stay and got rid of Mick Wadsworth, which was disappointing because it, it was nothing to do with me. And Mick knew that. But in the end, I took over and we we did quite well. And I brought some players in that from non-league. You know, um, you know Fitzall particularly, Wayne Andrews. Um, in, 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 did inc- Fitz particularly.
4: But, but what, why did you prefer well. why did you prefer managing to playing? I just like the I, I um I like, I like I don't
3: know I like the structure I suppose I like setting it out and hoping seeing how it panned out. Listen, I, I, Ernie Cooks is another son who's God bless him passed away tragic before the birth of his first child as a of skin cancer. So he uh, played at Rochdale as well, Ernie. So I, I took him from my brother's team, I took Fitz from my brother's team actually at Ches- uh, Chesham. He was outstanding, Fitz. You know, Fitz, all everyone knows that is one size. But, um, you know, we, we, we had a really good team. John Sheridan, top player. You know, still managing now, John but um, Swindon. But top player, David Ayres, at that level, top player. We, we got in the playoff, playoffs, got beat by QPR. Bit unluckily, but, you know, it's where it is. And then we, unfortunately, the chairman pulled up. while well, I was away and Fitz rang me on holiday and he said, thanks very much. Said, what for? He said, well, I'm on the way down the M3. Where are you going? He said, I'm going to Sam Samson. Chairman sold me today. So a bit of a far sale. when I wasn't there. Came back to no, virtually no players. We took, I think, 24 player, 22 players to Northern Ireland pre-season. And I think we had five, five 16-year-olds and two 17-year-olds in there. Um, so it was what it is. But, you know, we, you know, I was there for a long while until administration was going on the whole time I was there. And then eventually I moved on in... Just before Christmas to Palace, and um, you know I've got wonderful memories and wonderful people still there at the club. So we had a great even in the, in that in that period of being in administration. There was a we used to cook the food the staff so the coaching staff is on Fridays always cooked. You know with with we I'd go we go to Costco get some grub and come in and we we ruffled some up and we you know laundry ladies rose it was fantastic. Everyone chipped in. It was, it was a really good and you know. A lot of credit goes to the club. We, we, we were well aware, well clear of administration of relegation when we, when I left. But you know that that goes down to the club and the, all the staff. You know Tony Kirk, John Harbin, amazing people. Um, Paul, 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 Kate, and the physio, brilliant.
4: I mean, I said manager, but of course it's manager stroke slash whether you are or not the coach. Did you did you enjoy particularly the challenge of improving a player?
3: I mean, that's I, I, I love coaching. It's, it's I loved it. I loved doing that. And you know, I, you know, I had my first couple of days at Palace, so I had bounce boards, got in, you know, I had a, we swam at, I've always been trying to be in a like we swam at, at Oldham, 7.30 in the morning, the lads couldn't believe it. But, you know, we were in the pool at 7.30 every morning pre-season, virtually. And uh, they hated it, but then got to love it. Um, and, you know, we did a lot, I, I, I had individual sessions we did. So we had a time scale every Wednesday, particularly at Palace, so 9.30 to 10.15 ten thirty to eleven fifteen which so it went out and it grew and grew with players. I started with Andy Johnson and it grew. So I've always liked innovate innovative thing. I think bounce ball any things you haven't got to chase balls everywhere. So you can fire a ball and get it back. You know, you can do I can half volley fifty balls against a, 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 a beam and come back to you. That's yeah that's brilliant because you, you can do it. Bit, quick. a bit time. like
4: your wall at Southampton when it comes back at a different angle sometimes. I agree.
3: exactly exactly yeah. that. It's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. And you know I've had it everywhere I've been I really think it demonstration what I do is I try and get the half folly if, if you can if you can half volley left foot and right foot both and brilliantly technically good at that that's virtually the toughest skill you've got to half folly a ball I mean you've seen them when, when Pogba now ball drops in the end he half follies that ball about that far off the ground everyone goes wow it is the most difficult skill because it's one of them. So I think it's a great way of getting that technical ability. So I love developing players. Unfortunately, um, I've brought some and got, they've gone, gone on to good careers. And you know, Andy Johnson, probably the one who's, who's gone from, you know, when I got to Palace at six goals, he, he ended up getting 20 goals in the second season in the Premier League and um, went on to a great move to Everton, which I was thrilled about. And injuries, sadly, curtailed that a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean... You know the management side of it will test you with chairman players, none more none, none more so than going to Palace, where you know that my first day was, if you like, just just before I think I think Boxing Day was my first game against Millwall, so a bit of a, a huge derby, the Palace, um, and and I, and you sort of know what you're going into because you you know you got the chairman who's quite outspoken and where it is, so you, you understand that when you do that. Yeah, it was yeah. So, and we go in there, and so we're fourth bottom, I think. This is Boxing Day. We, I've had two days training, three days training, and and a, a bit of a sort of not fallout, but I, I made my views quite clear to the, to the sports science department that you know the, the the ability to go into the red zone is not a bad thing when you're training. Um, so, but, but, you know, it was a very technical, but all with the ball a lot. So but a lot of it, but they were concerned about injuries. And I know why they were, but I had to, have, I had to make my impact. So anyway, we, we played brilliantly well. And uh, to be fair to Dennis Wiley, he was very kind. They beat us 1-0. We got Pete 1-0. And, and Simon was very dis- bitterly disappointed, as you because his local Derby. And I said, listen, just give me time, you know, um, and we'll see. And I said, um, come back in a month. We'll have a discussion in a month's time. And we'll see what happens. Anyway, we, we win six, six games on the road. Including three-one away at Ipswich's next game, and we start to get going. We end up winning 18 out of 26. Incredible run, um, and it, it based around a very honest dressing room. I had a leadership group, which was many years ago. Don't forget. Um, so they'd be very blunt with me, but I'd be blunt with them in terms of what I expect. I expected them to take care of the dressing room, and, and asked and, and to feedback about whether the tra- what training they liked, what, the, what they didn't like, and not, not unsurprisingly, they hated Tuesdays, um, which I told him was non-negotiable. So it was just uh, and, and listen a lot of that. Well, well, what from, was
4: happening on Tuesday? I took, well,
3: I took a lot from Jerry Francis. I, we, we, we had Terror Tuesday at, at QPR when he was there, and it's nothing I've ever experienced before. Brutal. I remember Ter- Richard. Sorry, you said
4: Terror, Terror, terror Tuesday. Tuesday,
3: Terror okay. Tuesday at, 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 at Crystal Palace. Sorry, it's QPR. Uh, yeah. and, and Richard Langley, you may remember, a good midfield player. I yeah. remember dragging him. Dragging him to the um on the on the 12th run, it was his 12 runs were brutal, so it might be box to box, halfway line, box to box, halfway line. That could be one run, and he was being sick everywhere. and I had to drag him onto the thing to, to get him going to do the last run. And, and Jerry, Jerry knew that what happened is it brought the lads together because they'd finished training, it'd be sharp Tuesday, you might be away by 12, but the lads would it sounds bizarre, would all get together, maybe go down the pub and have a few beers you could at the time, or they'd get together and moan about Jerry or me, or whatever it happens to be. But the trouble was, Mark, that these sessions always made, always had to be fours. And inadvertently, they'd either be 11, 15, 19, and as a, as a result, the other one to jump in on the four was me. So I was having to do these runs, and it was killing me. So, um, but we learned a lot. I, I, tra- I, I evolved it a little bit, but very much Jerry's thing, and, and John Harbin took it over. I let John do it, but I was ready, this is what I wanted, and John evolved it, got some football parts of it so i'd intersperse it with football you're running with a football and blah, blah blah but john would do that and they hated it so they, they tried to get that out as they would as all the players would but that was that was non-negotiable so we
4: don't want Terra tuesday yeah
3: <laughs> yeah but listen you I, I was blessed with, with players like michael hughes tony popovich good leaders fantastic leaders um Neil shipperley Andy Johnson lead, led in his own way. Two, pe- two people were leaders in a different way in Wayne Routledge and Julian Gray, did their own thing. You know, particularly Julian was, pe- people thought of a little bit adrift, but fantastic talent, um, amazing talent. And I had Aki Realati alongside Michael Hughes, who were amazing for me. And um, Sean Derry added to that, you know, Danny Granville, Butterfield, Fitz. You know, later on uh, when we got uh, Mark 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 Hudson, I took from Fulham was magnificent for us. So we, you know, we got down, we, we 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 did so many good things in it. You know, and so we got on a run. You know, we go great. We go we go to Coventry. If we win, we're in the playoffs. We don't. We go. We go. To, we absolutely torture and We're, we're two 0 down. I can't believe it. We're two one. We get to two all. We get the point. But we rely on Brian Dean getting a header against Wigan away. Gets in the playoffs. So we play against West Ham uh, eventually. So we go, you know, we have the magnificent game, the 4-3 at our place against Sunderland. We go way up there, the 3-2 and the penalties. quite incredible Darren Powell scoring. I've never seen nothing like it. He jumps in the crowd, hits the lad on a wheelchair who's disabled and they fall over, but the lad, he's celebrating, he doesn't (laughs) care, he's on the ground. It's, you know, it's amazing and Michael Hughes whips it whips the ball in the top corner plus Martin Poom, who's the biggest kick you've ever seen Yeah, yeah. gets a hand yeah. to it and we're in the we're in the playoff final and Mick was very gracious after the game because you, you won't remember but um, the penalty um, was uh, Jeff Whitley took the penalty I think and chipped it the last one chipped it it bounced twice before the keeper picked it up
4: yes it didn't yes, even yes. hardly
3: reach I mean, and by the way he was absolutely apoplectic with rage as you would be
4: oh that moment of hesitation could have cost him dead tried to be clever and Wasson didn't buy the dummy. Michael Hughes could take Crystal Palace to the first division playoff final. He has done! Crystal Palace have made it to Cardiff! And the tension that surrounded this game has been lifted from the visitors down to ten men for extra time. They got as far as the shootout it's
3: the man who's got them there? We went on. We played Alan Pardew and my team West Ham at Wembley, and it was a it was a no brainer. you know, the whole world, the whole world was saying um, West Ham were going to win. Um, we had this thing called one more round on our t- on our t- We wore it also for a long while, so we never beat until there's always one more round. And sure enough, all this, all of a sudden, now I go to the West Ham semi final. I think it's they play. Uh, second leg and they have a t-shirt the original academy says that they won out with it on I think. and then we go Wembley and it, they've got more as in Bobby Moore more than just a football club so I'm thinking it's a bit weird where it is so we went down the day before just to, anyway we we we, we, we 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 like our chances but it's what it is and we have the game sh- ships uh, uh, Andy sh- takes a shot taps it out ships taps it in with 1-0 up a couple of strange subs if you I'm like I think they take off I think two, two of their centre forwards come off which, which surprised me and then they bring on Brian Dean about 20 minutes to go and it's the first time ever, and first time this is honestly God's truth and the, the coaching staff will tell you I said to him if they bring Brian Dean on I'm going to bring Darren Powell on and they said, what are you on about? My, my brother said to me, sort of, you know, me and t- who were always quite straight talk, he said, well, you can't make a substitute just because Darren Powell comes, uh, just because, I said, listen, I'm telling you, if they bring Darren, if they bring Brian Dean on, I'm bringing Darren Powell on, fact. So anyway, sure enough, 10, 15 minutes from the end, Brian Dean warms up, I get, get warm, on he goes. I shift Michael Ledgerwood to fullback, back and I take Danny Granville off who's uh, sorry Danny Butterfield who's not happy and I said well, then Danny was magnificent in the game and I understand why he's not happy I fully understand but it's what it is anyway first ball comes up Dean goes up Powley goes up boom <laughs> clears him out with a big header anyway I look round to the staff and there's a couple of nods. Anyway, it, it just one of It's just bizarre thing. It's not. It's not. It was just. I. I you know, something you might have never had it before, never had it since, Mark. And um, we found a way. We had a, a brilliant, a brilliant uh, uh well, a couple of days. But what one day with the lads, um, and Danny Wilson, my big mate from Luton, was in there. He was. He was with. Uh, I think. I don't know where it was at the time. But he was in the playoffs in the same hotel. So managed to have a beer with him that night. Um, and it, you know, it was. It was a special night.
1: Preston no longer a dream it's reality in the space of just 5 months The tawry has taken them from relegation possibles to promotion
4: search. well my final question is you're not in football at the moment because you've gone yeah. into the real world to get a job i mean you're still covering football but would you like yes. to coach again has that yes is that coaching flame still burning
3: yeah it burns well it burns particularly and listen it Whenever I could be watching you at a game, Mark, and you know an England game, where Northern Ireland game, whatever it going to be, or even a, you know, I did a Salford game recently, which was actually a brilliant game. You know, there's uh, there's little nuances and coaching things. I've got a little a thing I think with coaches. I think when you coaching is a very difficult school and everyone has thousands of different opinions about it. When you can, I think the best coach in the world adjust in game, adjust tactics. As the game goes on, as well, of course, the best the best teams, I suppose, are that well schooled that they they dominate teams. But even even if you if you're West Brom playing against and Sam does it, has, has always done it well. Sam does it against whatever team, he adjusts whatever he happens to be, or he brings some player on. But actually, if you can get to the situation, and I'd say that to any coach, where you can fix the faults or adjust the team so that it's in a better position to win in game, so as it's going on not afterwards when you look at the video, could have done this. That's when you sort of get the knack of doing it. And I I, 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 I love I love that problem solving. Listen, clearly I didn't always get it right or else I'd still be in, in, in a job. And the fact is, I'm, I'm, I'm not right. Or I'm not vastly wrong. In the end, it's about nuances and fine margins. But the greatest thing I think is to, to shape players and develop them into, to become better. And I think a lot of, talked about the best coaches do that I think it's fantastic and that's spending time with them uh, know, getting to know them I tried to get half an hour a week with most of the players one to one if you can difficult I know. You know getting to know them as people trust them find them what, in, what intrinsically motivates them and then develop them on, on their technical skills, left foot, right foot, they right right to be, make them better, and then put them in a team framework. That's incredibly rewarding when it, when it comes off. When it doesn't, it's heartbreaking and people will let you down. But um, I wouldn't, it wouldn't change it for the world. I, I, I love football and I, it will always remain
4: my love. Can I, can I say what this really sounds like? You're talking about individual parts, make them yep. good, put them together, make it all work together... We're yep. talking about engineering. We're ending where yep. we began. It is, isn't it? Seriously, it is, isn't it? There so is I an engineering, it, practical, logical sense to it all. I, I, I think they they're really, I, I do honestly believe that.
3: Yeah, you know, the sum of all parts is, is a great way of doing it. Yeah, you know, some listen. Were, did Did West Ham have better players than us? Probably. Were we a better team? Fact: Yes, we were. Um, so, in that in in that day, I'm not saying we were forever, but I'm saying, and you see that. You see games. I mean, listen. You've, you watch what Liverpool do last night, and yet get beat three games in a row. And yet, I understand it. Who thought? Who thought after 70 minutes of Leicester that Liverpool were going to lose 3-1? The answer is no one. You know, and I know, and and, and that's against a brilliantly skilled manager like Brendan Rodgers. Who's got great players. They just can take a game away from you. So, it, it's 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 a game that I think is becoming more and more brilliant because there's many ways of doing it, and. You know you're you're in the heart of that, and I love I love the hearing all the discussion with all them ex players and particularly ex coaches because ex coaches all give you a special vibe into it. Or get, you understand it. Yeah. Jerry Francis said something to me. I'll leave this with this. He said something to me. He said I was I was at QP, I was at I was at Crystal Palace with that team with Malcolm Allison. I was you know, I was right in the heart of it, very much it. He said coming one day and we had lost six in a row or seven in a row, and he said and, and, and I was part of the coaching team. And he said he came in the, and. Uh, Malcolm and I said, Well, I've, I've tried this, I've tried that, I'm just not so sure what to do anymore. And I thought, What a, what a, what a silly fool he is. He said, You throw forward 15 years, here I am, in exactly the same position at QPR, and I'm not so sure what to do. He said, it, 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 You know, unless you've been there and your nose has been against the wheel, unless you've lost. Listen, I don't think any managers, I mean, listen, Pep hasn't done a lot of it, but you never really find out about yourself until you lose and lose big you know you lose big i mean listen no one wants to be relegated but it certainly tests you as a person and and, and people get up and have another go is away isn't that's why you know i've gone and gone back and done some caretaker roles you you can't get out of your system and you know and i had the opportunity with alan to go there And why wouldn't you because it's a magnificent football club it should be among the biggest six clubs in the in england by any stretch and Stevie Bruce is doing a good job trying to shape them around now, and I hope that continues because the special clubs. But you know, as long as they finish below West Ham, I'll be delighted.
4: <laughs> That's a good place to leave it. Ian Dowey, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. Top man. Thanks, Mark.
0: This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt Now imagine them getting even softer over time